Welcome in, everyone. This is another installment of the Takes On Tap show, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. I'm Scott Kirk. I'm Brandon Daniels. And it's been a huge week for sports since the last time we checked up with you guys. And before we start the show, I did want to uh, say that today uh, we're filming. It's the greatest day in history. Yes. Greatest day in history. We want, we want to wish a happy birthday to our friend, Nick Riley. Also our co-host, Nick Riley. Yeah, uh, yeah re- recurring guest on the show, Nick Riley. Uh, happy birthday, bud. Hope you take care. Greatest day in history. The greatest day in history. Yes. We've, he's been hyping this up for like a month now, so this is going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day, and I'll tell you why else it was a great day for uh, Brandon and I. Uh, big news. Big news for our show. And for, for you guys as well, as far as content, because this Sunday, December 13th, Brandon and I are going back out to Jacksonville, and we're going to watch the Titans and the Jags live in the press box seats. Dude, round two, I'm so excited. Round Dude, we two. We got denied by like 10 teams, right? And we were just going through every time we got an email, I sent it over to you, got denied, got denied. And then finally this morning, like, the Jags got us, let's go, we're going again. It's Jacksonville, awesome. we love you. We love Dan, Dan Edwards. Edwards. We love you. From us here at the Takes on Tap <laughs> Show, we love you. City of Jacksonville, uh, those areas, Jack's Beach, uh, Ponte Vedra, we love you. We love you. We hey, love come you. out, see us. Yes, come out and see us, we'll also, be there. one little thing, and if you're watching this on YouTube... You will be seeing us a video, obviously, and you look. You see, we got the Takes on Tap stickers. Yes, we got yes. Some, we got watching? some stickers. You see, we got our stickers here, the Takes on Tap Show yes. stickers. If you know me personally, uh, send me a DM. We'll get you some stickers. Sticker. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We got other things planned, of course, but that's going to come a little later, not right now. But for now, we got the stickers, so if you do know Scott or I personally, you want to get a sticker or two, of course, we're going to give you a sticker. And hey, if you're a fan of the show, send us a DM as yeah, well. Maybe I'll send you a sticker. Yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. Of course. Yeah, uh, so it's it, it's been a great week. We're we're happy. We're excited. Another reason why we're excited. Um, it's December. Yeah, it's December. It's the year of giving. It's Christmas time. It's holiday holiday season. season in the air. Yes, sir. It's great. It's Michael Bublé time. We've already talked about that, but it, we're in full swing. Exactly. Like, Before we get into football talk, I mean, let's just be jolly for a sec. But you know. With, with being jolly, there's always that one Grinch in your, in your group. Oh, we all know. Everyone has a Grinch. In every friend group, there's a Grinch. Exactly. It, maybe it could be more than one. We have a Grinch, and with that, we have a little bit of a debate. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So we have a Grinch in, in our friend group the other day. You know, it's just the boys, the boys. chilling in, in, my, in, my, in my apartment with my mm-hmm. roommates. Right? It was Brandon and I and a couple others. Uh, we have a friend of ours named Jack. And, uh, you know, I, I threw out the idea of having a, a nice big Christmas party. Uh, this Saturday, you know, my, my idea, you know, exactly, quote unquote, let's just forget about weight, forget about hunger, forget about everything else. Let's grab all the sweets we love, everything, put them together on one table, and let's just have a big Christmas party and just forget about everything and have With the voice. Exactly. And then I'm like, hey, let's do Secret Santa. Yeah, it would be fun. You know, Secret Santa is always fun because, you, you know, you can kind of think, oh, what you want to get for the person. It's kind of fun because you're, you're getting a gift too. Everyone gets a gift. You're giving a gift. You're with the boys. It's a ton of fun. But... It becomes a problem. Yeah, problem. We have a Grinch. His name's Jack, and Jack is very adamant on doing white elephant. For those of you who don't know, uh, white elephants, right? It's a little bit different than Secret Santa. Like we said, Secret Santa, it's more personal because you know you draw a name and you specifically go and you buy a gift for that person. So personally, how I feel, if if, if Brandon here got me a Secret Santa gift, I would know that Brandon took the time to pick a gift, and I know that when he bought that gift, he thought of me, and he, he thought, hey, I think Scott would really like this gift, exactly. or or Jack would go, hey, like, you know, Brandon would really like this gift, like, it's a thought, and it's very personal. Yeah, it's, that's it's the whole really thing, nice. that's, that's, that's the whole point of giving presents in the first but, place. Well, White Elephant, a different story. Way different story. For those of you who don't know, White Elephant is the game where somebody always gets effed. Every, every single time. You If you have a White Elephant party where no one gets effed, you're lying. Someone's getting screwed. Ev- someone gets screwed every single time. It's a guarantee. Just you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, someone's yeah. gonna get screwed. It's different because in the game, like uh, you get to steal gifts and, and choose new gifts, and nobody knows what the gifts are. So somebody can have an oven mitt and an iPod. Yeah, of course. And someone's gonna get rocked. If you're, those of you don't know, that happened in the office. Yeah, Perfect yeah. example. You want to know what elephant is? Go watch the office. They they, they they sat there and they turned a great jolly old Christmas party into an anger fest. And why would we want that? Yeah, no one wants that. By the way, I think it's like season two, episode seven. Or so. If exactly. you want to go watch it, yeah. good, good comedy piece for, for those of you who do want to know more about White Elephant if you haven't done it before. So it sparks a debate. Really, what's better? White Elephant or Secret Santa? Right? So I, w- I would think Secret Santa it definitely takes takes the cake. Of course. Because it, it's just more personal. Like I feel White Elephant... Someone's gonna get rocked. 
And so, we, I don't want to get robbed. Yeah, I mean, it's if Christmas. You, if I'm not getting that many gifts to begin with. Exactly. In hindsight, if you're not the one that gets screwed, maybe it's kind of fun. Oh yeah, you know, you guys, you know, can trade around if you're doing it with the boys, whatever. But that's just that, that, I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to be the one who just gets screwed and gets an oven mitt or you know a piece of paper like that. I don't want to do that. Hundred percent. And, and Brandon and I were really adamant on this. We we agreed, so we all had a debate, right? So Jack goes, "Okay, fine. You don't want to decide because Jack thinks that Secret Santa is quote unquote uh, very very not manly." He didn't say it like that exactly. It's basically what he's implying. But that was, that, that was the implication, exactly. Jack, he doesn't listen to our show, so we're going to expose him. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so we had a debate, right? Uh, this is a circle. So Brandon and I, uh, we go, hey, no, we want Secret Santa. That's two in the vote. Jack wants White Elephant. Jack's friend Jonathan goes White Elephant. Noah goes Secret Santa. That leaves Johnny with the tiebreaker, correct? Yep. Yeah, uh, we, we have a friend of ours named Johnny. Uh, of course, you remember the last episode. John, uh, I hate to be that guy. Egan, also, John, I'm a romantic. Egan, John, yeah, we have a lot uh, of these. Johnny, UCF, Egan, Jaguar, Johnny, Johnny. You know, Johnny Jaguar. We got everything. everything we got the full Johnny. He, he's a great guy, though. He's I, great I love Johnny. No, Johnny's a real MVP. But Johnny, uh, he can never really make up his mind because he, he wants to please everyone. But he, he's, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Brandon's a nice guy. Yeah. Johnny's a little bit too nice. It just makes us look bad, bro. It makes us look bad. Because we're nice people. But Johnny's just on another level. He's saint-like. Like, almost as if, like, he's being nice fakely. <laughs> but it's not. He's just genuinely just it, that nice of a guy. Exactly. It's like, Johnny will help you with your groceries to your car. And, like, the way he's doing it, it it'll make it seem like he's going to mug you. But he really needs it <laughs> out of the bottom of his heart. That's Johnny. Yeah. I mean, this is the same guy who uh, didn't have a sun pass. He stopped at the change t- uh, toll put the car in park, gets out of his car, goes to the car behind him and asks the car for change. <laughs> Didn't mean it in a bad way. He's just a genuinely nice person. He, he's like, hey, do you have change? No, you keep going through. Yeah, exactly. He didn't know that. He's, he's from a small town. but It's okay. Great guy. But anyways, nonetheless, I don't want to keep talking about Johnny because <laughs> we could keep jo- talking about Johnny. We could do this all day. All day. But uh, Johnny's the deciding vote. So we go, Johnny, what do you want? He's like, mm, I don't know. Whatever you guys want. No. No! <laughs> Every single time this happens. Make up your mind. So anyway. And he's like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, secret set. Uh, white elephant. And we're like, ah, oh, Johnny, come Johnny. on. We trusted you. Okay. So Brandon so and I we're, we're out dueled. Yeah. So that's fine. Whatever. We didn't like this decision. So what are we doing? <laughs> Jack, once again, you don't listen to our podcast. Jack McIntyre, You're this Saturday, screwed. you are getting screwed in White Elephant. We are going to get you the worst gift Ever? We have a plan in place. We have a plan. We cannot say it on this show. No. Belly up may, may not be happy. Probably not, but we have an idea. Jack, I, I apologize. Actually, I don't because you, you wanted, you, you you wanted, wanted this. this, so you're going to get it. So it, be ready for your gift because be we're ready. all in on this except for you. Exactly. And uh, so that's kind of our little Christmas white elephant secret center debate. If you guys have some different thoughts, feel free. Give us a DM. Give us a write-up, whatever. We'll have whatever. the conversation. Yeah, of course. Maybe we'll bring you on. You can tell, you can tell us, hey, Brandon, Scott, you guys are idiots. White Elephant's better. Go ahead. All right, I'd yeah, love to we'll do take that. Because if you already don't, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Official Takes on Tap, IG Live, posts, stories. stories. I did one the other day. We were there for BYU Coastal Carolina. That was a great time. <laughs> Zach Wilson got screwed. He did. 100%. 100%. Fuck Coastal. We'll talk about it later. Exactly. But go ahead and follow us there. At official takes on tap on Instagram and on Twitter at takes on tap show. Uh, we missed the weekly picks last week, yeah, we did. But this week we'll be there. We already have a right, and we'll so be in Jacksonville. So if yes. you want to get some Jacksonville content, go follow us on there. All right. So now back to some real sports stories. But first, I do want to thank our sponsor, Kong Beer Bong. Back again, again. Uh, if you don't know about Kong Beer Bong, uh, Kong Beer Bong is a special device. Uh, it's made with EVA foam. It chills your drink longer so you can party harder. Their team also created the first beer bong can. So it's a beer bong in a can, almost like a Yeti koozie. Awesome. So th- this is the first beer bong can, and it's a cooler, to help you bring the good times anywhere, absolutely anywhere. The park, the beach, your son's football game, a football game, your house, anywhere. The, the good times on. go anywhere. It's personable and portable. It's an unrivaled drinking experience. Unrivaled. Honestly, what gets any better than that? You can no, take it anywhere. It doesn't. And anywhere. If you want to check this out, uh, make sure you click the link in our show notes or on our Twitter. It's pinned Kong Beer Bong. Click the link. 
all right? And you'll get yourself a good Christmas savings deal. There right now they got three beer bongs for a great price of $69.99. Hey, if you want to buy one, go for it. You want to, you got a couple family members, Party buy two or three. $69. That's a great gift. Yeah. You got three people covered, and you didn't even spend $100. Exactly. Great deal. Great I would deal. do it 100%. Kong Beer Bong. Check out the link in the show notes on Spotify and Apple, as well as Pinecast, wherever you're listening. Make sure you go to the episode show notes. Kong Beer Bong, that link. You can't find it. Head over to Twitter at the Takes On Tap Show and uh, click the link pinned. Sports stories. As a Jets fan, Brandon, I'll let you say this because it, it pains me. It okay, really so the Jets, we all know what happened last weekend. On Sunday? The Jets and the Raiders were playing. The Jets were, uh, they're up 20 24 uh, with under a minute to go. Uh, Raiders trying to get down the field. So the Raiders decide, okay, they need a Hail Mary, they got to get in the end zone. Jets are actually ahead. The Jets are ahead, 28-24. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah, the Raiders... I, I did, because Sam Darnold was playing. Yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold was playing. Okay, Same. the Raiders' defense has been one of the bottom teams in the league. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, okay, down by, you know, Raiders down by four, okay? It's a Hail Mary situation, right? It's a 40-plus yard Hail Mary, yeah, okay? Yeah. It's not like they can dink, their, dink and dunk their way down the field, right? So... The Raiders decide, oh, of course, they're going to go for a Hail Mary. The Jets decide, you know what? It's a Hail Mary. Let's rush seven guys. So, of course, that immediately followed with a touchdown for the Raiders. To Henry Ruggs, who runs a 4-2. To Henry Ruggs, who runs a 4-2. Hmm. Okay, so so Greg Williams for the Jets, uh, they decide, oh, you know what? We're, not only are we going to rush seven guys, we're going to have single coverage on Henry Ruggs, who runs a 4-2 on the outside. Great idea. All right, short story. Raiders win the game. Greg Williams gets fired yes, shortly thereafter. Uh, after the game, there was speculation that the Jets did this on purpose because they're tanking for Trevor. Blah, blah, blah. Look, I understand Jacksonville fans. I like Jacksonville as well. We all, do. And we I, all do. We like Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But there is no possible way that the New York Jets coaching staff did that move on purpose. No way. Adam Gase does not benefit from going 0-16. Greg Williams certainly doesn't benefit from going 0-16. No player on that roster benefits from getting the number one pick. None. None. Absolutely none. Adam Gase desperately wants to keep his job. Will he? Probably not. I will touch upon that later. But this move was purely egotistical. Egotistical, nothing else. Greg Williams is just an old man full of bottled up ego, and that's the way he's always been. He thinks that he's the smartest guy in the room, and he thought it again. It didn't pay off. That's why they lost the game. Not because they were trying to lose on purpose, but because Greg Williams and the coaching staff in New York are just dysfunctional. And that pains me to say, because I'm a Jets fan, and I obviously don't want to say those things, but it's true. You can't just speculate that the team is tanking because they lose. Tanking isn't really a real thing, I believe. No. I know for sure that Joe Douglas does not have the loser's mentality of going 0-16. Of course Why not. would that be a goal? It, teams. It, I understand your frustration. It's a dumb call. Okay, teams it are really bad is. or teams are good. But, here's that, the one but that's thing. why the Jets are bad. Yeah, because they just have a bad team. But here's the one thing. You play to win the game. 100%. Herm Edwards said that. One of my favorite coaches. 100%. But, yeah, so Greg Williams is fired. Frank Bush will now call the plays defensively. But speaking of coaches, rumor has it, Hall of Fame coach Bill Cowher might be interested in coming back to the NFL. Not only back to the NFL, but specifically for the New York Jets. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah, uh, he, you know, it was on a radio show, uh, and you know, Boomer Esiason was talking uh, w- with a couple guys, and uh, you know, he suggested that Bill Cowher would be a perfect fit for the Jets. But Boomer said that, hey, anything could happen. You know, uh, Bill Cowher was showing Boomer Esiason and Nate Burlinson on the CBS uh, uh, halftime show some some film of the Jets coaching staff on on, on the sideline, and is he, was he trying to send a message? Who knows? He's been retired for 14 years, and Boomer's never seen that, he says. You know, um, the last time he coached, he won a Super Bowl in 2005. But uh, also, Bill Cowher's wife is actually a big Jets fan. Really? That I didn't know. You know, whenever his wife refers to the Jets, she says we, as in Bill and I. So maybe it is appealing enough to Bill Cowher. Maybe Mm. that high draft pick is appealing enough. Maybe he comes and fixes Sam Darnold. Maybe the chance of working with Joe Douglas, who's had an amazing first-year draft... Uh, uh, appeases Bill Cowher. I don't, don't want to keep going and going. It really excites me. I just want to get this point out. Uh, GM Joe Douglas had his first draft in April. Uh, two of his picks are already uh, nominated for the Pro Bowl or close to it. Mackay Becton, first round pick. He's 
damn close to being a, a secure top spot in the Pro Bowl. Brandon Mann, six-round hunter, secure spot for the Pro Bowl, or just about it. That's freak fantastic. His young players are playing good. I know you don't watch. I wouldn't watch either, but I'm just saying, for a first-year GM, that's pretty good. I'm talking a lot. But what do you think of Bill Cowher maybe coming back to the NFL? Oh, before we actually get into that, that 2005 Super Bowl hurts my soul. As a Colts fan, because that team, that was the best team that we've ever had. Like, that was better than the 2006 Super Bowl team. That was better than the 2009 Super Bowl team. That was the best team that we've ever had. Statistically, we were top of the charts offensively. Our defense was playing out of their mind as well. And we went into that, that game against the Steelers, Jerome Bettis, and we don't want to talk about Mike Vanderjack and how he ruined Definitely our not. season. But nope. moving on, Bill Cowher, uh, I don't want to say, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's one of, of the best coaches of all of time. But a lot has changed in 14 years. 100%. In, in the and, and that was the same question that happened with John Gruden, but he's made it work. He's made it work, for sure. And so that that's really the same question that I'm going to have about Bill Cowher. As good of a coach as he is, same thing with John Gruden. The league's changing. Not every coach is going to succeed after taking that much of a break. Mike McCarthy took one year off, and granted, I'm not saying he's failing as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, because I think their, their problems run a lot deeper than just him. But, but he hasn't helped. He hasn't helped. He hasn't done anything to drastically change this culture and, and, and change that team in Dallas. So what can we say about Bill Cowher? Because we just don't know. It's all speculative. So I'm, I'd be very interested to see that and to see how that would work. But honestly, it's all, just like I said, it's all speculative. 100%. But that's really enticing. And, you know, as we get closer to the end of December and the beginning of 2021, this is really the fun part of the NFL. You know, like the off-season, speculating because nobody knows what can happen. Yeah. And we're definitely going to give you some coverage of potential coaching hires and maybe misfires that happen. Those are going to happen. And it will happen. But we'll see. Yeah. And that's the one word I've been using all week. We'll see. We've been using that the entire show. Yeah, I've <laughs> we'll been using see. that all week. Not, <laughs> yeah. not just with football, but for everything. Of course. I have the we'll see attitude. And yeah. most of the time, the we'll see attitude... Pretty positive. It, it makes sense. It gets the job done. Exactly. We'll see. All right. So, transitioning from one bad team to the next. News from Philadelphia. Brandon, what you got in Philadelphia? All right. So, backup quarterback Jalen Hurts is no longer the backup quarterback. So, the rookie quarterback is officially taking the starting job from Carson Wentz. Oh. After a very rough season, Carson Wentz is finally going to the bench. Jalen Hurts is finally getting his, his uh, starting chances. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah, I, and, and, and firsthand, off the top of my mind, you know, without digging into the deeper stuff, I think, you know, there's more to the issues than just Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, Carson Hurts, don't it? Because now Jalen Hurts is now the starter. But if you really look, you think about it, if the whole team's struggling, every guy's fighting for that position, every wide receiver knows that they play bad, next man up. Every defensive back, they play bad, next man up. Running back, they play bad, next man up. You think in the locker room, hey, Carson ain't playing too well. How come the next man's not up? It's a very interesting situation, and I definitely agree with you that it, it's not his fault. Like, Granted, Carson Wentz has not been playing well. No, He should be playing better than he is. Not at all. But there's a lot of things that we can unpack here, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, that can kind of help him out here. Maybe some of the blame falls on head coach Doug Peterson. Yeah, there's a lot here. So, for starters, his leading receiver this year is Travis Fulgham, who is not a number one wide receiver. No. But that's besides the point because teams sometimes just don't have number one wide receivers. Granted, you need to have one. It's time to move on and try to get a new receiver core. But Travis Fulgham leads their team with 467 receiving yards. That's not going to cut it. It's week 14. No. It's bad. Not good. Bad football. You, you saw him. Against, uh, against the Packers, not looking good. I mean, he's been non-existent for the past two weeks as well. It's not like he's been putting up numbers consistently either. No. He's been a very spotty receiver, and you just can't have that as your primary guy. And it's not even like last season when he put the team really on his shoulders yeah. and kind of muscled that division title. Yeah, Wentz just not having receiver is definitely something to be concerned about. But another thing to be concerned about, the Eagles have s- allowed Carson Wentz to be sacked 50 times. 50 times. It's, we've, we're through 13 weeks. They've played 12 games, the Eagles. 50 times. In 12 games, it's 53 total uh, because Jalen Hurts was sacked three times. Granted, Jalen Hurts was in for a half, and he got sacked three times. That, that is, that, that's like Madden-like numbers. This is like you're playing. This is like your first time playing Madden. You're, you're playing on, on highest difficulty. Or, or if you're playing Madden against a girl, you just keep yeah, going exactly. for it. Yeah, exactly. So the Eagles' 53 sacks is 
by far the most in the NFL. It's nine more than the Cincinnati Bengals, so 44. They're in second. And you would think, you know, blindly, if, if, if you ask somebody off the street, hey, which team is giving up 50 sacks? Let's be honest here. Not to plug them, but those are New York Jet like Those numbers. are Jets numbers. Those are New York Jet numbers, but the Eagles are giving it up. And, and, you know, Doug Peterson, when, when he announced this, you know, he, he admitted, that, you know, back in April when they took Jalen Hurts, he never really expected a situation where Carson Wentz would be benched, you know. Now, like, he wouldn't really say how it happened, you know, but he did say he talked to both quarterbacks on Monday night. And a, a few weeks ago, you know, going back, Peterson said, you know, I'm not benching Carson Wentz. That's, that's sending the wrong message to the locker room. It's sending the message that, you know, we're waving the towel on the season. The season's not over. That was a couple weeks ago. Now... He admits, you know, that was a few weeks ago, and making the change does not indicate we're waving the white flag. The season still matters. That's their attitude. So Doug Peterson going back at his word. Hey, not a good look. this week, Jalen Hurts is the guy. Yeah, that that's not a good look for Doug Peterson. Um, it's it's interesting. He's an offensive coach. He used to play quarterback. He's he started his coaching career as a quarterbacks coach. So he understands the offense, and there should be a little bit of a, hey, we need to step it up here, and we need to say, okay, then we got to make some changes on offense. But it's not just the offense that has problems for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are the 19th best scoring defense in the NFL. That, that is obviously in the bottom half of the league. No. And yeah. their rush defense is 25th. So it's Rough. not like, granted, their pass defense is playing well. I, they're right around the top 10. I don't have that stat specifically. But other than that, you, if you can't stop the run and you can't stop teams from scoring – there's, it doesn't matter how good your pass defense is because for a good defense, you've got to have all three phases of that, and they just haven't been able to put it together. So it, this is an all-around problem for this team. Yeah, and it, it's just really ugly to look at because you think Philadelphia, and for some reason I, I feel myself, Brandon, and a lot of other people feel the same way. It's like I'm stuck in 2017. Every time I think of the Eagles, I think of a powerhouse. Exactly. And they haven't done that. They haven't done they, it They since. haven't. It's not 2017. I wish I could go back to 2017, but it ain't happening. And now Carson Wentz is benched, and the future seems really, really dark for Carson Wentz specifically. But, you know, with, with, with every darkness, there's a little bit of a there light. There is a light. And I have something for Carson Wentz that sounds sexy. Sexy. Brandon, take it away. Okay. The sexiest thing that I've heard all week. Pretty sexy. Carson Wentz. Just put this in your mind real quick. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz yeah. wearing the blue and white of Indianapolis. Oh, with a white helmet? How about a blue face mask, too? Anything. Just put him in a Colts uniform. <sighs> beautiful. That, if you're watching YouTube, right on your screen, how about that Photoshop? That's a beautiful Photoshop. Could I can't did that. Yeah. Wow. If you can find that, we'll, we'll put I that lo- I love it. I mean, you're you're the Colts fan, so how how giddy are you? I See, here's the thing about... about quarterbacks, especially ones who are in bad situations, they always seem to be rumored to go to Indianapolis. We talked about Carson Wentz just now, Sam Darnold we talked about, I believe it was a couple weeks ago. Everyone's talking about Sam Darnold going to the Colts. Jimmy G has been talking about going to the Colts. Everyone is just rumored to go to the Colts. Trading up, getting Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. The thing about Carson Wentz, though, is Frank Reich. Oh, it's Carson Wentz so and Frank sexy. Reich, it's, it's, it's meant to happen. So sexy. The reason why that offense was as good as it was was because of Frank Reich. Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate that year with Frank Reich. And back with Indy, offensive line, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, that defense. <coughs> that would be really good. I love that move. <laughs> and, you know, I love Sam Darnold, and I'd love to see him in Indy. But my, oh, my, Carson Wentz with the Colts. That is hot. That's hot. Hot stuff. Sammy, I mean, Sam Darnold, what if he goes to San Francisco? Right, I don't want to give away too much. We have a bunch of stuff coming up in twenty twenty one. You know, uh, I don't want to give it away now. It's it's worth the wait, but it's the stuff like that. Get the sizzling, blood flowing, sizzling around the Whoa. burner. I love the idea of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think it would be absolutely incredible. Whether or not it happens is a different story. Um, I, I, what, here's a question for you, Brandon. Yeah, go for it. Would you be willing to give up a first rounder for Carson Wentz, and and, and forget the, the the infatuation we have with Carson over the last couple of years? Is Carson Wentz really worth a first round pick at this moment? Given the fact that I can't see the Colts getting a higher of a draft pick than twenty, probably like twenty two, maybe twenty one, I, I don't see them getting. I, I don't see them getting any higher of a draft pick than even twenty. So a late first round pick. 
a lot of times doesn't really land you a really high rated prospect, right? And the Colts, one of their biggest needs is left tackle. And by the time we get to the late first round, especially in 2021, if that's the pick that they do want to throw in, there aren't really any left tackles available. So honestly, if in that hypothetical situation, if I had to give up that 2021 first round pick, I would do it for Carson Wentz. Because not only that, but any team in the mix for Carson Wentz, and of course, if Philadelphia is you know, willing to move off Carson Wentz, the other team has leverage. Cutting Carson Wentz really isn't possible for, for, for Philadelphia. When you look at Carson Wentz's big fat contract, next year, Carson Wentz is going to count for $35 million on the salary cap. That's 17% of Philadelphia's total cap space. I'm not sure what the cap is for uh, Indy, but uh, I mean, that's a lot, $35 million. And the cap next year is expected to dip you know, because of COVID, COVID, COVID right? Obviously. Releasing Carson Wentz would bring $59 million in dead cap penalties to the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Cutting Carson once is not possible. an option. So, I mean, maybe the Colts get leverage and they give up a second or a third. Leverage is really real here if you're Philadelphia and you don't want Carson. You want a fresh start. You want to trade Lance. You want to get in position for Zach Wilson because at this point, it doesn't seem like they'll win the division and it doesn't seem like they'll in the uh, mid-teens for the pick. It seems like maybe top 10. Yeah, and the interesting thing where this would come in with Indianapolis is that their top two quarterbacks are both projected to be free agents next year. Philip Rivers, who is currently a $25 million cap hit, and Jacoby Brissett, who's around 14 or 15. So that's a lot of money that they're going to free up. And if they're really committed to go after Carson Wentz, if Frank Wright says, okay, this is our guy, I think we can go and get him, it'll be a great fit in the organization, they would have the cap space to do so if they want to let go of both Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, which I don't know if they'll do. Um, I'm sure if they really want to go out and get a new quarterback, whether that's Darnold, Wentz, someone in the draft, I don't know, they'll most likely be keeping Philip Rivers and or Jacoby Brissett. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out in the offseason. Also, they have rookie Jacob Eason locked up too. Yeah. But if I'm the Colts, I love the idea of Carson Wentz. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. I would give him a shot. I don't yeah. know how, like, obviously, Look that's a commitment. Look at this Photoshop. That's a commitment. That, that Photoshop alone on your screen, that should do it for you. I love the look of Carson I, Wentz I, in blue. I love it. I yeah. Love, I freaking love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, once again, uh, of course, I do want to remind you guys. All right. Big announcement here. Big announcement. You ever uh, want to go back to high school? You, you know, know, you're so, older now. You're in college. You're yeah. stressed out. You want to go back to the good old days, you know, walk in the hallways, not a care in the world. Catch myself thinking about it sometimes. You know, sometimes we're stuck in the past. Maybe with Carson once we're stuck in the past, but I'll tell you how you can live the past in the present, and that's Odyssey Collective. Odyssey Collective, it's a clothing brand dedicated to bring you the best entertainment that inspires us to the clothes to you wear. I mean... You know, made by our favorite Johnny Egan, you know their apparel thrives in minimalism and comfort, giving you the ability to express who you are with your favorite films and television shows. You They're, movie buff, Scott? I love movies. Of you course, know, super bad. You know, great one. Eighties movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Days to Confuse. These are all a part of the latest coming of age collection by Odyssey Collective. That's right. Go on their Instagram at Shop Odyssey Collective and their website. They're linked in the show notes. And use our code TAKESONTAP20 at checkout for 20% off your next purchase. Odyssey Collective. Plus, they have new designs coming out every single month. Every month. Every including single some month. top secret ones for 2021 that we can't tell you about. We can't tell you, but we have the inside info. So we're very excited to see what they, what Johnny's going to come up with. Because it's some great, it's it's great. It's really good stuff. Fantastic. That's, once again, on Instagram, at Shop Odyssey Collective. Use our code TAKESONTAP20 at checkout for 20% off your next purchase. All right, so, like we said earlier, lots of great stuff. 100%. Yeah, Odyssey Collective, once again, it's great. Best clothing experience that I've ever had. Exactly. So, moving on, uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is baseball. Always. Uh, real, real quick, I'm not going to touch upon this too much. I, I do think it is important to note, uh, we are a sports show. We're sports fans. We talk about all sports. Exactly. And especially, I, mean, I, I love baseball. I think that this is important to mention. And just talk about and discuss. So we all know Major League Baseball, they have minor league farm systems. Now, unfortunately, baseball is downsizing their minor league system due to COVID and money because, you know, realistically, minor league baseball, you know, the teams are in small towns most of the time. And a big chunk of their revenue comes from attendance and sales and 
all that stuff versus MLB teams. They make money on TV deals, jersey sales, all that stuff. Not a lot of minor league uh, gear is really sold online. All the revenue is from attendance because in those small towns, that's the thing to do. Of course. Really. Now, unfortunately, this year, 2021, Major League Baseball is downsizing the minor league system. Uh, Now, uh, there were originally 160 minor league teams, but in 2021, uh, there will be 120. So now there is four major league teams, or now there are four minor league teams per MLB club. Uh, 120 teams were invited to join minor league baseball. 11 minor league clubs did not receive an invitation. So I just want to note, you know, our hearts here on the show really go out to the employees and the workers uh, of those uh, respective teams. Um, now they they will be uh, affiliated independently, so they will not be affiliated with Major League Baseball. They will still try to operate just in the independent league. Uh, but there wasn't, but there was a team in the independent circuit uh, that got promoted to actually become a Triple A team, which is a big promotion. Yeah, triple big A promotion, yeah. is the last step before you hit the majors, and that is the St. Paul Saints in Minnesota. So congrats to them. But uh, for the forty teams and and the eleven. Uh, minor league clubs that were a part of minor league baseball and did not get selected and who are now independent. Uh, we, we do want to say our, our hearts are out to you guys. Uh, we know you get through this. We all will. And hopefully one day Major League Baseball gets back to what we had before and, you know, small towns prevail and the people are happy. Yeah, it's such a tough thing, obviously, with COVID. You can't really tell what the next day is going to bring. So obviously, just like you said, we were really hoping that this all goes back to normal, what we've seen in the past. All these teams deserve all the revenue in the world for the work that they do. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's tough to see because 40 teams is not a little bit. So No, that, that's a lot of teams. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's jobs, it's people at you, you, the end of the day. If you think about it, yeah, all the, all the guys who are working, all the people who are working in the stadium, uh, all the people who are associated um, in the team staff specifically, there's a ton of people that are being laid off or going to have less work as a result. So it's a tough thing to be able to handle, but we hope that it definitely improves in the future because we, we definitely want to see it. Yeah, because baseball does have big plans for minor leaguers. You know, they they want to talk about the uh, the MLB Summer League for college prospects. Mm-hmm. They want to do a, an MILB and MLB Cup potentially. So there's big things coming. But hopefully things go back on track. And as a huge baseball fan, you know, it does break my heart because I'm a Marlins fan. Yeah. One of the Marlins affiliates in, 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 in single A, high A, because there's three uh, there's three levels of A, yeah. right? Uh, if you don't understand, it, it's fine. But high A, uh, the Clinton Lumber Kings, mm-hmm. they were dropped. So now the Marlins have four uh, minor league teams. The Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Jumbo Shrimp, <laughs> uh, Jupiter Hammerheads, and the Bloxy Shuckers. So they downsized. And on Twitter, funny moment, the Clinton Lumber Kings, of course, high A affiliate, were like, hey, you couldn't have given us a phone call? A phone call would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, so, again, just want to say, our thoughts are with you guys. 100%. Hopefully we get through this. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Now, moving on. More positive note. College football. College football. We love college football. Brandon, what do you got for me this week? Big week in college football. Big week. Uh, what do we want to talk about first? We can talk about what happened last week. We can also talk about what's coming up this week. What do you want to start with? Well, I do want to start. Last week, one of the biggest matchups, uh, BYU took on Coastal Carolina. And Brandon and I watched that game. We got some little Caesars because, you know, we're cheap. But it cheap. was pretty good. But it was, it was pretty good. Good experience. Good, good, experience. good game day meal. Exactly. Uh, and that was a fantastic game. <laughs> but Coastal Carolina ended up winning the game. Even though Coastal Carolina won and BYU lost... Uh, Zach Wilson played phenomenal. Dude, Zach Wilson balled out again. He, you can just see when he throws the football. That's a pro-level arm. It's yeah, a pro-level arm. You, you can just tell. If you're watching on YouTube, look at those throws. They're right on the money. Every throw he made was right there in the receiver's chest. But there were a lot of drop balls, including there was a play that you see right here. Uh, BYU running back just ran backwards about 20 yards. It really cost the Cougars. Uh, so it was about 10 seconds left. Final play. Hail Mary. Wilson throws it. Dax... Dax Milne catches it. He gets to the one-yard line, and he's short. He's short. And Coastal Carolina, I know Coastal Carolina won, but they didn't impress me. No, not at all. What did they do, Brandon? They ran the same goddamn play every single time on offense. Freaking speed option. Every single time. Granted, if it it ain't broke, don't fix it. Strategy-wise, it's fair. It makes sense. As fans. I hated it. It was was terrible. Because you knew it was happening every single time. The running back bounced it out to the outside, and the quarterbacks were... 
coming behind him. You knew he was going to pitch that ball. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, they played dirty. We here on the Take on Tap show, we like Zach Wilson. We do. A lot. We are big Zach Wilson fans. And they bullied him. Look right here. Halftime, bro. They're beating him up right Ugh. there. Horrible. That's our boy, Zach Wilson. Can't do that. But, you know, aside from that, we're over it. Coastal Carolina is now ranked 13th. Uh, BYU fell down to 18th. So there's that. They both take on about a group of five opponents. So, you know, they'll probably get the dub. Good comeback win for BYU. But my favorite game this week, one of my favorite games ever, the Army-Navy game. Most historic rivalry in college sports. Historic, historic rivalry. And it has a lot of historical meanings. I got some for you guys today. It's about Army's uniform for the upcoming game against Navy. So players for the Army football team will wear uh, uniforms inspired by the soldiers of the Hawaii-based 25th Infantry of the Wolfhound Division. Uh, on one shoulder of the uniform is a wolf head. It's a symbol of the division's wolfhounds. You know, the soldiers were deployed from the tranquil Japan occupation to Korea. When the war broke out in June 1950, the Wolfhounds were among the units defending the uh, perimeter and then pushed the enemy back toward the north. They earned three presidential unit citations during the conflict that ended in 1953. Uh, you know, it's from a source I have, I, not off the top of my head. I'm just reading from a source, but there's a lot of historical meaning behind course, these uniforms specifically and behind this game. You know, uh, we here on the show, we love our veterans, we respect the veterans. Of you course. know, these at the end of the day. They're playing football. There's a lot of meaning. And, you know, when, you know, football's over, they're going to go out and put their lives on the line for us. Yeah. Another interesting note, though, about this game. This is the first time that the Army-Navy game is being played at either of the, the campuses for the first time since World War II. So that's a very interesting historical note there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's obviously because of COVID. They can't play in Philly. But nonetheless, the rivalry will live on. And, you know, the comradeship between the Army and the Navy Will will also live on. You know, this game's gonna get played, and it's gonna be awesome. It's awesome every year, every single year. Another fun fact I have from my source: the Wolfhounds have more Medal of Honor recipients than any other regiment going back to the Spanish-American War. Wow, that's what the Army said. Over the 120 years that the rivals have competed, about three quarters of the games were played in Philadelphia. Not happening again, like you said. West Point will be the site, and nonetheless, this game's being played. Yeah. Uh, it, it is looking like a little bit of a lopsided game. Navy is guaranteed a losing record for the, only the third time since 2003. But they have the momentum of beating Army last year. And coaches and players have talked about uh, how that was one of the greatest locker rooms that they've ever been a part of following that win over Army last year. So, yes, they have a losing record. I believe they're 3-6 and six right now to Army 7-2. and two. Um, But if they can take this game, whoever wins this game, it's going to be one of the best locker room experiences any of those people are, are going to have. So, it, granted, every single year, it's one of the best games of the year. Yeah, Army-Navy happening this weekend. We're excited for it. Alrighty, so, of course, Army-Navy game this weekend. But we do want to talk about one of our favorite segments that we do every week, and that is... Instagram questions, baby. We love our Instagram questions. If you don't already do, go ahead. Follow us on Instagram, at OfficialTakesOnTap. DM us, message us. Whatever you want, get your question sent in, and there's a good chance we will answer it on the show. And if we don't, maybe we'll segue it for the next week. This week, we have some great questions. And a lot of good ones. I know I said that last week and the week before and the week before, but they get better and better every week. Every so, single week. I do want to send a thank you to everyone who participated. I will message you personally, tell you when I answered your question. But first Instagram question comes from one of our favorites over Across the pond, Lizzie McCafferty. She is asking us, if you could be any person for a day, who would you choose and why? How would you take this one? I'll take this one. It's a good question. Mm. If I can be anyone for a day, who would I choose and why? I, I've got a couple options. You know, I, I would love to be Garrett Cooper for a day. That would uh, be he's, pretty one, nice. he's my favorite Marlon player. I, I'd love to be Joe Namath for a day. He's cool. But the one person who I'm really going to choose for this answer... Sam Darnold. I would love to be Sam Darnold for a day. First off, to wake up and have all that God-given talent, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, Number two, for sure. he's a great-looking guy. I mean, come on. This guy gets the ladies, man. Sam Darnold, quarterback of the New York Jets. <laughs> man, if I had a daughter, I'd want her to marry Sam Darnold. <laughs> Talk I, about I would love to be Sam Darnold for a day. Go out there, throw some touchdowns to Jameson Crowder, make some plays. You know, I might get sacked every once in a while because my coach sucks. But Sam Darnold, 
I mean, how can you not love the guy? Yeah, talking about God-given talent. What about the guy who probably has the most God-given talent in my lead and who's going to be the pick for me? Patrick Mahomes. I would love to be Patrick Mahomes. Okay, let's just, let's just go through this. League MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. Probably going to be MVP again this year. The favorites for the Super Bowl. Um, probably the most talented football player that we've seen in a very long time. I don't know, coming out of the draft, or at least in his first couple of years, have we seen anyone like this? Um, the ability to have a team like that, to have a coach like that, it's not the biggest town in the world back there in Kansas City, but hey, that's okay. But, he's got the family, he's got the kid, he's got the Super Bowl ring, he's got it all. But you would sound like Kermit the Frog. You know what? I would probably be suffering that if I saw my house and the money that I had in my bank account, so I'll be okay. Very true. Uh, great question there from Lizzie. Uh, next up, we got a question from Andrew. He's asking, as a Jets fan, how are you feeling this season? Well, Brandon, how are you feeling? Well, as a non-Jets fan, I would like to say, you know, I love to see this every year. Because, you know, I, I, I kind of root for the Jets. I, w I want them to do well. It, it feels weird. There are teams in the league that are, it, it just feels kind of weird when they're not good. The Chicago Bears are one of them. The Cowboys another one, and the Jets. Yeah, and mind you, you're a Colts fan, so, so you wish and look on me. That's great. I mean, so I, I, I guess this question was really for me. So, Andrew, to answer your question, as a Jets fan, how am I feeling? Well, listen, obviously I am on the uh, fire Adam Gase train, obviously. Like most. Now, there are a lot of Jet fans who are really excessive, really excessive. And also, a lot of non-Jet fans who are really excessive uh, as well. I know one of them. I'm not going to call you out, but he was very aggressive toward Adam Gase. And I was like, whoa, chill. Chill. You're not even a Jets fan, man. But, um, of course, I want him fired. There's a lot of people who are really evil and they wish all these bad things on Adam Gase. Just chill. At the end of the day, I know Adam Gase is a person. I, I do feel bad for him. If you really think of the human element, he he's at the end of the day, he's a human being. He's a man. He's got a family. How would you feel as a father, a husband, you're doing your job and you are highlighted on a national scale every day, every week. And, and, and you know that your son sees and reads the headlines of death threats and memes and all that humiliation. It can't feel good. I, I, I do feel bad for Adam Gase. Yes, he hasn't done his job. Yes, he makes millions of dollars. That's true. But there's more to money than that. So I do feel bad for him on that aspect, on the human, on, on the human aspect. Uh, he'll get fired. I do believe that he'll take a trip down to the uh, coaching re rehabilitation center, a.k.a. University of Alabama. <laughs> of course, Nick Saban, he loves to take coaches and you know, build them back up and build their confidence back up. Fun fact, if you didn't know, Adam Gase and Nick Saban are buddies. Nick Saban loves Adam Gase. That's oh, yeah. how Adam Gase got his coaching start. So I think he'll go down to Alabama, and who knows, maybe he'll find some success. I wish him nothing but the best. I wish everyone nothing but the best. It's a cruel world. Things don't work out. Yes, he deserves, he deserves to be fired. But how I feel overall, I'm sad. Really, it just didn't work out. I'm over it now. Yeah. Uh, you know, J-E-T-S, just end the season. I would like to keep Sam Darnold, but I'm already settling for Trevor Lawrence because the Jet fans won't shut up. So that's how I feel. I know that was very long, but it's the truth. And I feel that on the internet, they're not giving you the truth. Yeah, and, and think about it though. We, get, we, we have such high standards for these coaches, both in college and, and, and the I, NFL. I, as they should, though. They should. As they should. But if we think about it from another angle, they're also some of the best football coaches in the world. Adam Gase is one of the best football coaches in the world. You can say that, and, and I agree with you. I, like, Obviously, the, he's not the best no, 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 at no, all. Not at the top level. At all. But like, in, in the grand scheme of all levels of football, he's at the top 1% or 2%. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear any trolls in the comments or on Reddit telling me that I'm wrong or that Brandon's wrong because Brandon just said that. No, you tried coaching an NFL team. You wouldn't do a great it's job a either. Tough. We're not saying he's the best. No, not but far Brandon from has it. a point. Obviously, he sucks. But I mean, I'm sure it's a tough job. Not, it's not cut off for everyone. It can't be easy. But don't be a dick on Reddit. Just, just, just don't, because do you can see his point. Don't, don't type in the comments and, and try to troll us, because then you sound like the clown. Yeah, th then we just look like the good guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next question comes from David. He's asking, will you guys ever do pranks? Oh, we kind of got one drawn up for this weekend, so that could be a start. Yeah, um, I mean, pranks, definitely a possibility we, we've, we've thought about on YouTube. But uh, actually, I got pranked earlier this week. Yes, you actually. did. That was a good one. I got pranked pretty good. Uh, we went out with, with a group of friends to the Olive Garden. 
uh, you know, this was the same day that the white elephant conversation happened. So that was after dinner. Yeah. So we go out to the Olive Garden. I'm with my friend Jonathan. And this is not John Egan. Jonathan. It's two Johnnies. Two yeah. So I'm in the car. I'm driving. And uh, Jack decided to play a joke with Jonathan to try to, to try to trick me into thinking that Jonathan was vegan. So when I heard that Jonathan had went vegan, I was upset, visibly, because... You're not a big vegan guy. You're not, not a big vegan You're not guy. on that train. You not understand it, you don't agree with it. Not a big fan of the vegans. At all. Yeah. So when Jonathan told me this, I was very upset, very heartbroken. I was like, Jonathan, I'm really disappointed in you, man. Like, you know, um, I'll support you, but I, I don't agree with it. And I was really upset, like, because he's my friend. And I was like, don't put yourself through this pain. So they kept going along with it. And then, then I pick up the last person. And uh, we go out to dinner. We go to the Olive Garden, and he keeps keeps it going. I'm like, what? You're like, you're not joking? Like, you're really vegan? He's like, yeah, I am vegan. And I'm not even paying attention. And apparently, what what happened? Why, why I wasn't paying attention? So what was going on the whole time is, through the uh, scrum of Johnny Egan's order, <laughs> um, which is a story in and of itself. But not Jonathan, but John Johnny, Egan. Johnny, our boy Johnny. Um, UCF Johnny. Yes, UCF Johnny. He, uh, in the scrum of his about 10 minutes he took to order his food, Jonathan just kind of slyly went in and ordered his food. And think about it was, I wasn't in on this joke until about halfway through dinner when I figured it out. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, so you weren't paying attention, and I saw him order, and he just said, like, chicken farm super fast. And I, did, I didn't know if that was, like, a joke or whatever. I thought he'd order something else, and he was just doing that as a joke. I don't know. So his food came, and obviously in Olive Garden you get the soups as well, right? Yeah. And I saw the soup, and it was the same soup that I got. And same I know, soup I got as well. And I know I'm not vegan. And you're not vegan. And I saw Obviously a soup. Not. I'm like, hold up, a, hold up a second. And then I'm like, oh, dude, he's been he's been lying to Scott the whole time. Yeah, I, I'm still thinking that Jonathan's vegan. I'm like, Jonathan, what soup is that? He's like, oh no, it's like vegan meat. I'm like, Jonathan, why are you doing this? I'm upset and all this stuff. And then the real meal comes. I think he got chicken parm, and I'm convinced that it's like a vegan chicken. <laughs> so then the lady puts cheese on it, and then Jonathan has a fit. He's like, oh, he put cheese on it. I can't eat it. You gotta. She's like, oh, I should. We were all like, bro, you should just call the. I'm. Call the waitress I'm, I'm embarrassed because he's about to call the waitress and return his entire meal over cheese. And I'm like really embarrassed. And then they finally reveal to me that he was lying the whole time. <laughs> oh, was, he got me. Great. He got great. me good. He got. Him. And then I couldn't figure out if I was more upset that he put on the joke for so long. Or, like, was I was I more relieved that he wasn't a vegan or more upset that I was being pranked? <laughs> Probably just a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. But, I mean, pranks, to answer the question, David, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. All right, next question. Sebas, he's asking, at the end of their career, which ball brother will be the best? Now, I'm not going to dive into the stats. I, it'll take too long. I'm going to answer off the top of my head. I'm going to guess. Taking a guess, I'm going to just say... LaMelo Ball will be the best. Um, why? Because I said so. It sounds, sounds like Sounds it. pretty fair. Sounds pretty fair. I, I think I'm a genius. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say Lonzo for two reasons. One, I love you Lonzo, said, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too deep in this because I really haven't looked too, too deep in this at all. I think LaMelo's scoring is, because it's the primary asset of his game, if it doesn't translate to the NBA, which we just don't know yet, then... He could have a shorter career than his brother Leangelo. We don't know that, obviously. Um, so for Lonzo, because he doesn't rely on his scoring to be a good player, he relies on his skills as a facilitator, as a passer, and as a defender. Those are much. Those are skills that can last for much longer. So I can say, longevity-wise, Lonzo's going to be able to last much longer, and I think overall that'll give him a better career if Lamelo's scoring doesn't put him over the top as as the better player overall. Yeah, 100%. But we, we always forget about the fourth ball, brother. Lil Dicky Ball. <laughs> Lil Dicky Ball. <laughs> Lil Dicky Ball. I mean, oh. of course, all three ball brothers are now in the NBA. Leangelo mm. for the Pistons. Lonzo for the Pelicans. Lamelo just got drafted to the Hornets. But we all forget about the fourth ball brother who's not in the NBA. Lil Dicky Ball. He's forgotten. Lil Dicky Ball. He's forgotten. Forgotten. <laughs> Next question is coming from Emily. She's asking, are you and Brandon best friends? Are we best friends? Are we best friends? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're best friends. Yeah, I think we're best friends. Right? Yeah, Brandon and I, we love each other. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. We're co-hosts. Yeah. We, we go on road trips together. God, if we hated each other and we were here, this would be a really awkward conversation. We're going to Jacksonville together. For the second time, baby. We hang out all the time. Yeah, we do. 
We tell each other our deepest, darkest secrets. Yes, we have we sleepovers. Do. We have sleepovers. We're, we're just... Did we just become best friends? We are best friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo. We're best friends. Let's go. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What a sh- shocking revelation on this show. I have a brand new best friend. I got deep real fast. <laughs> yeah. So, final Instagram question. And there's been a lot of good ones today. A lot of good Can't ones. Appreciate it. Can't wait for the ones next week. Uh, final Instagram question comes from JC. JC is asking, Hey guys, what does the future hold for the Patriots? Can they make a potential playoff one? Well, JC, I will tell you what's in the future for New England. Uh, tonight, they play the Rams. Thursday night football. It's a big one, for sure. Big one. It's a rematch of Super Bowl 53. Obviously, that was a low, low scoring affair. And on New England side, there will be no Tom Brady this time around. But either way, on paper, and you think of it, eh, New England, eh, the Rams, eh. But you know what? This actually, when you dive into it, it's pretty entertaining. For sure. From all the stats and everything. Mm. What do you it's, got for it's, me? It's a battle of the rush offense of the Rams versus the rush defense of the Patriots. Both teams have been pretty legit um, on that side of the football. Especially the Rams as well oh, with, for sure. with their brand new defensive coordinator. They've looked really solid. Oh, they have. Over the last few weeks, they've really taken another step. I mean, a few weeks ago, we were talking about who's going to the NFC West. It was really, oh, can the Cardinals do it? The, the Seahawks at that point were kind of slipping. So, like, oh, the Cardinals kind of seemed like that team because they were just coming off that win against the Bills in dramatic fashion. And no one was really talking about the Rams, but over the last three weeks, they've really established themselves as a top team. But what stands out to me, not for the Rams, but for the Patriots, is how they can try to bottle up Jared Goff. He's been inconsistent this year, 17 touchdowns to to 10 interceptions, so he hasn't been the best. Um, But speaking of JC, JC Jackson of the Patriots leads their team in interceptions with seven, so it definitely is something to look out for if that, that team can really bottle up Jared Goff. Yeah, 100%. And I, I have to give credit where credit's due to New England. Uh, you know, last week they completely obliterated the Chargers. 45 nothing. 45 nothing. Zero. Nada. Absolutely complete punishment. And, you know, they're fighting back. They're now 6-6. Six and six. Four straight wins. Uh, to close out the season, they have a chance to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not going to say they, that they're they going to really be able to do. get there. I, I don't know if they can. There's a lot of teams that are in that race at 8-4, and 7-5, and five, so I, I feel like they're all, they're one of the first teams out in this scenario. But, hey, you never know. They could win their last four, and they could be in condition. Exactly, because luck is on New England's side. Because for the Rams, just two of their eight wins this year are against teams with winning records. Two of their wins are against teams with, with winning records. I mean... Pretty solid there. Now, you know, for the Rams, of course, playoff implications for the Patriots as well. You don't want to fall down to 6-7. and seven. For the Rams, you want to win the NFC West, right? Because right now they hold the tiebreaker over their division rivals, you know, the Seahawks. They could put the NFC West away with the win this week and then a victory two weeks in Seattle on the road, right? This is a conference filled with a lot of parity, a lot of offense, a lot of exploding plays, right? So there's even a scenario where the Rams can earn the top seed in the NFC if things you know fall into place yeah. and the Saints take a couple losses. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's gonna be a hard-fought game, hard-nosed game. The first rematch between the Rams and the Patriots. It's gonna be a good one for sure, and I'm very excited. Primetime football. This is kind of the primetime game that we deserve to get. So yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So one small thing to to highlight here. Um, a lot of the ESPN experts have been talking about who's going to win the game and all the outcome of the game. And the NFL Network experts. Of course, yep, yep. So Adam Rank has been known across the NFL community for his awful picks. So <laughs> just guy. put it he's out there. Nice guy, he's too. a nice guy, but he, he's he must just, be Johnny. <laughs> he just can't get it right. So Adam Rank is predicting that the Rams will beat the Patriots twenty-four to nineteen. So bet on the Patriots this week, because uh, I'm sorry, Adam, but you always get it wrong. Adam Rank has not had a good 2020 prediction record, <laughs> that's for sure. Not even but, in 2019. You know, I love the Rams. I love Sean McVay. I love Jared Goff. We know this, so I'm rooting for him. I think their defense can stick it out, and I think this time McVay gets the edge against Belichick. For sure. No, a couple, ma- couple more matchups we like. Um, NFC East. I-, I think it's funny. About three, four weeks ago, NFC East was horrible to watch. You didn't even want to think of it. Now... Yeah. It's getting all of our attention. Really. It's going to be really good for the last few weeks. Of the I, w- I want to talk about the Cardinals and the Giants. I love this matchup. I really do. And, of course, the Giants are 5-7, and seven, right? But the Cardinals, they had a white-hot start, and now they're 6-6. Six and six. 
And another thing for this game, Daniel Jones is coming back. Yeah. You know, I mean, just when things couldn't really get any better for the Giants after starting 0-4, they've really rebounded, and they're now 5-7. and I mean, that's a huge few weeks for this team, and to have their franchise quarterback back is a huge, huge thing for them to have as they try to retain this division lead over Washington. 100%. And, you know, Cardinals, now they're 6-6. Six and six. Of course, we, they had a great start. Uh, but if they don't push for a wild card, they could just miss the playoffs entirely. Yeah. Uh, now, the Giants started horribly. But now they've been on a tear, running the football. Wayne Gallman has looked fantastic. So my that team. team looks in sync with Joe Judge. So now they're battling with, you know, my favorite picks of the NFC East, the Washington football team. Go, team, go. Go, team, go. go, team, go. <laughs> to win the NFC East. So that one uh, is, is going to be fun. You know, this, this is really the, the meat and potatoes of the NFL season because this is where all the playoff stuff comes in. You know, the time for overreacting is done. Now we know, hey, so-and-so has a chance, so-and-so has a chance. You can't really speculate because someone started 4-0. Now, like, real uh, scenarios are, are in play. This is the real part of the NFL. This is where the, the year is decided. Which is where I go to my next NFC East matchup. The Washington football team, go team go, <laughs> and the San Francisco 49ers, right? Uh, again, I, I love Washington. I, I, I love the Alex Smith story. I, I really love Coach Ron Rivera. They've, they've had to grow through so much in the offseason. So, Brandon, tell me, how can you know my favorite Washington football team uh, win this division? How can the team pull it out and get over the hump? So, just looking at this week, there's only one scenario that they can have to be able to jump the Giants for first place. They need a win, and they need the Giants to lose. Now, both teams are sitting at 5-7, and seven, though the Giants swept Washington twice early in the year. They're 2-0 and against, against uh, WFT. And so um, Washington is going to need an overall a better record than the Giants to be able to jump them in division. If it ends up being a tie, the Giants are going to take it because they swept them. Okay. Right? So Washington needs a win and a Giants loss to be able to jump them for now in first place. Any other scenario, whether that's both teams winning, both teams losing, or a Giants win and then a, a Washington loss, that'll keep New York in first place. And that's a really big step for them, is to be able to just hold on to this lead as long as possible. If Washington wins, you got to keep going with the win. Because you can kind of relate it to the AFC South. I don't want to talk about that. We'll get into that a little bit later about Indianapolis. But the Colts and the Titans are in, in our Real, real good matchup for, for the rest of the year in terms of the, the playoff race. And the Colts have lost all of their tiebreakers. So they just need to have an overall better record. So for, for Washington specifically, they just need to be able to keep winning games. And they just need to hope that the Giants lose, drop a couple towards the end of the year so they can jump them. Yeah, and we love the story. You know, I just, you know, you see Washington. You know, and we got to give credit where credit's due. They beat Pittsburgh last week. They did. And what did I say here? Hey, watch out for Washington. I think they can dethrone the Steelers. And they did just that. They exposed Pittsburgh. They came back. They won. You and I were at dinner, and we were like, hey, hey, Washington won. Washington won. Go team go. go. Team go. Entire restaurant was looking at us like we were maniacs, but guess what? It doesn't matter because Washington won, and... Go team go. Go team go. <laughs> uh, but like to to break down the actual matchup and not speculate about the division, uh, the the Niners defense does have a really good chance mm -hmm. to get their pass rush going because Washington, you know, their their sack rate is uh, sixth worst in the NFL, and that scares me because <laughs> they've given up uh, the fourth most sacks in the NFL. Again, that scares me because under center is Alex Smith, and we know what happened to Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a national treasure. Please like, protect please him. Please protect Alex please. Smith. We love him. He got cleated Monday night against the Steelers. Bloody he was bleeding. He had a bloody sock. Now, luckily, it was his good leg, but still, I don't want to see Alex Smith in any trouble at please, all. Just Enough with it. I'm so sick of seeing it. It just hurts my heart. I want to see him succeed. I mean, oh, how great would it be, hypothetically speaking, for the sake of the argument, <laughs> if uh, Washington goes to uh, Tampa and Alex Smith hosts up the Lombardi Trophy? In a very good world, that would be perfect. But, Scott, why don't we go back to our all-important matchup predictor? Yes, we're going to go back to the famous matchup predictor this week. And, uh, well... Sorry, Washington, but you are favored 33% over the 66% San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and going along with that, the 49ers are also favored by three points in this game. It can really go either way. I honestly think, based on how Washington is playing, I, I think they come away with this win. Um, Nick Mullins is playing well. 
but to be honest, I haven't really watched a lot of Niners games. I don't want to throw myself out there, but I just haven't really been able to keep up with the Niners that much. I don't see them competing for a playoff spot anytime soon unless they can really run the table, and, and maybe we'll talk about that. But I, I honestly think Washington's going to come out with this game. I think their offense, granted, it's been a little bit off and on, especially in the pass attack. But they have Antonio Gibson. Alex Smith has been playing really well so far. Terry McLaurin's looking like a star, oh, and their defense is and their defense has been so so good, especially in that front seven. Chase Young is really coming to his in his own looking, as a rookie, looking great. And on on a separate note, just to say, I do want to give a shout out to Brandon Ayuk on the Niners. Uh, if you're in the fantasy playoffs and he's on waivers, pick him up. Very, very quiet, sneakily good player. Unfortunately for you, you don't have that luxury. But no, I, I didn't make the playoffs. I, I'm the top seed in the constellation rounds. I got screwed by Tampa a couple weeks ago. But we're going to move through it, and I have good players, and I'm going to piss people off by dropping them on waivers. <laughs> so that, that's what I would you're do. You're that guy, okay. I am that guy. All but right. Brandon Ayuk, look out for him. If you're in a deeper league, of course. Exactly, yes. Now, before we, get, before we go to our final two matchups, I do want to say once more, please go ahead, link in the show notes. Check out our sponsor, Kong Beer Bong. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. We love it. I mean, why wouldn't you want to take the party anywhere? I mean, a football game. School. The beach. The beach. I probably would take a school, but yeah, you know, do what you want. Olive hey. Garden. The Kong <laughs> Beer Bong. You know, you can drink longer so you can party harder. Great Christmas gift. Click the link in the show notes and on Twitter. On Twitter, it's at the Takes on Tap Show. Get a great Christmas gift for the whole family. Party pack on sale right now. Three Kong Beer Bongs for just $69.99. One more. You want a shirt for Christmas? You know, it is the month of December. You want to go back in time, feel, relive a little bit of your youth? Check out Odyssey Collective. I love Odyssey Collective. Their, their comfort is just something that I don't experience often. I, I, I get the shirt out of the washer, and it's one of my favorite that I hang up in the closet. It just looks good sitting in the closet, let's be honest. The coming-of-age collection is one of my favorites, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they've got in 2021. Mm, for sure. New designs coming out every single month. Every single month, new designs, new collections. It's minimal, but it's comfortable, and it just has the right twang to it to just show off your flair. Odyssey Collective, go give them a follow. Instagram, at Shop Odyssey Collective. Use our code TAKESONTAP20 for 20% off your next order. Back to the NFL. Okay, I got a game for you. Of course, I'm very biased, so I'm going to talk about the Colts. This is probably the sixth week in a row that they have a playoff implication type game. They're playing in Las Vegas against the Raiders. I got two big things, one for each team. For the Raiders, their secondary has been not good. Not at all. <laughs> and Phillip Rivers on the other side. They were exposed last week oh, against the Jets. Against the Jets. Against the Jets. Denzel Mims, the rookie, had a great game. I don't Oof. want to talk about the Jets. Let's talk about the Colts, okay. though. Raiders. The Raiders have the fifth worst scoring defense in the NFL. Ten times this year, they've let up over 30 points, and in three of those games, they let up over 40. That's not good at all. And for Phillip Rivers on the Colts, over the last seven games, he's been playing very well. Passer rating over 100, 14 touchdowns to just four interceptions. So if the Raiders secondary does what they do, what they have been doing over the last few weeks, especially over the last, in the entire year, really, if they continue to keep doing that on the secondary, it might get uglier than people think. But on the other hand, one of the most inconsistent things for the Colts has been their rush attack. Jonathan Taylor finally, finally got into his own game, and he had a really solid outing last week against Houston. 13 rushes, 91 yards. He also added 44 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. So it's going to be tough to see. The Colts, I, I believe that at this point, they have a better offense, especially going against that weaker Raiders defense. I think they might just be able to put up more production. Um, but for the Raiders, the one thing that they, they do have an advantage on for their defense is that Colts left tackle spot. The Colts are down their top two left tackles. Since week 11, Rivers has taken five sacks, and he took three last week against Houston. Granted, Houston is a really, really solid uh, yeah, J.J. Watt. Seven, J.J. Watt, uh, Zach Cunningham on the Whitney linebacker. Merciless. Core, Whitney Merciless. They have a really, really good core up there. Um, and granted, the Raiders don't have that. But Not at all. Still developing. Uh, of Max course. Crosby's pretty solid. He's been very, very good. And this could be the missing piece for the Raiders' defense. This could be the one thing that they can really exploit here. Can they get some pressure to Rivers off that left side? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Of course, the Raiders, they, they barely slid past the Jets, so there's playoff implications for them because right now they're fighting with Miami, who they take on in a couple weeks, mm. which will be a great, great one to see. Uh, but again, it's, it's just as important for Indianapolis because they, as well, have playoff hopes on the line. This whole you know, NFL uh, league has a lot of scenarios in line. Nothing is dead set except for New Orleans. Right now, in Kansas who, City, in Kansas City, who already clinched, you know, spots in the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, our, our final game that we want to highlight for Week 14, right? Uh, the, the Bills and the Steelers. It, it's going to be fun. Of course, last of course. week, the the Steelers were exploited by Washington, but it's it's important. Playoff implications are on the line because the Steelers, in my opinion, they got to beat the Bills to shore themselves a successful 2020 mm. run. Uh, in, in, in January. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's important. The Steelers, if all of a sudden the Browns are contention to steal the AFC North, that is bad. That's not good. The Browns are 9-3. and three. If the Steelers lose this game, they fall to 11-2. and two. Uh, Imagine being the first team since the NFL merger to start 11-0 and 0 and lose your division. That would be embarrassing. <sighs> that would be embarrassing. But knocking off Buffalo would keep that, you know, Cushion yep. between the Browns and the Steelers, very firm, very soft. You want to keep it, but Cleveland, they're sneaking up there. Of course, they have a third-place schedule, so they are beating up on the bad teams, but that's what good teams do. They're supposed to. Of course, there, there's some things that look shaky. In second half against the Titans last week, almost gave it up. Mm-hmm. But you know, throw a they're still on the rise, and anything can happen late in the year. Yeah, and for Buffalo, the big thing is right now they're one game ahead of the Dolphins. If they lose this week to the Steelers, which they might, and the Dolphins come out with a win. They are tied atop the AFC East. That is a very, very intriguing scenario for the Dolphins, who've been fighting for a wild card spot for the past few weeks. Ever since really, ever since Tua took over, um, they have been fighting for that wild card spot because no one has really talked about them winning the division. No, but I don't know if they win the division, but it's physically possible for them to do that if they can come out with a win, Miami. But also, if you're Buffalo, really. Obviously, you know, Buffalo and, and Pittsburgh, that's a nighttime game. But earlier in, in the day, Miami takes on Kansas City. That's a tough one. I, I don't see one. Miami beating Kansas City. So in, in the scenario that Miami loses, Buffalo still has a cushion to, to, to take if they do lo- lose to Pittsburgh. Yes, of course. So that that is the bright side of the card, if you want to yeah, think of yeah, it of that course, way. Of course. But I, I assure you, any team that would go from 11-0 to having a wild card spot, that would be just a, a huge uh, you, mental. You can't trust any team like that. No, and, and it it would be really really sad over in Pittsburgh if that happened because you know they do have a lot of talent and, and we like Mike Tomlin, but I mean that that mental collapse could really just end the entire season and you know draw up a first round exit. I'm not trying to give the Browns false hope, but you know if you keep winning games and if Pittsburgh keeps you know falling and playing down. The Browns could have a, a division title. All you got to do is you just go one week at a time. You got to go 1-0 and in the week, and that's all that matters. Exactly. And, you know, we're right in the brunt of it. Uh, week 14's upon us. Lots of other things. Army-Navy game this weekend. You know, uh, check out Shop Odyssey Collective. You can get yourself some nice Christmas merch. Um, lots of speculation, but... It's been a fantastic week for sports, <laughs> fantastic week for us. We got some, you know, white elephant <laughs> shenanigans <laughs> to get to, which we'll update you on next week. But uh, overall, yeah, we're excited. We'll keep you up to date. Go ahead, follow us on Instagram, at Official Takes on Tap. We'll keep you up on the latest scoops on our stories. Send us DMs. Keep asking us questions. And here, this was the Takes on Tap show presented by Belly Up Sports. <laughs>